When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, all Hey. What, Mike? Nothing. Can I smile? <laughs> we are not back quite yet, <laughs> but we will be back April 5th for our season two. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we will have some episodes dropping for y'all starting Sunday, February 2nd. I'm hyped. Um, that you've never heard before yep. on Patreon. Yep, yep. But that's later. Today... We are sharing an episode with you from a favorite podcast, Raising Rebels. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard, we have joined Domino Sounds Network. Insert gunshots and air horn sound effects. <laughs> Domino Sound is a woman-owned production company, and we're really excited to join them. We are in the network with Raising Rebels, Scream Queen Podcast, Food for Thought, and a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> Color Grades come about to come out. They're actually at Sundance right now, but we are sharing an episode to promote them and to also just let y'all know what else is out there and to let you know the type of podcasting community we are now a part of and we're really proud to be a part of. Absolutely. So we want y'all to check this out, not just because we want to promote them just because we've joined them, but because we actually enjoy content from Raising Rebels and yeah. we hope that y'all like this episode because we actually like it. Yeah, so this episode is Parenting is a Team Sport. This episode was actually, it was really, I mean, they're all really good, but I think this was the first one that had four people. So it was two couples talking about parenthood. It's just, it's just a good episode. And Man, so, they had some work that was having us question our sanity. Yeah. Or if we like approaching things properly. <laughs> it, it gets, it gets deep. Yeah. I thought we get deep. We get a different type of deep. I yeah. like this deep. It's a really good podcast, yeah. and we hope that you enjoy this episode, and we're really excited to come back to y'all, and we miss y'all, and we, we will be back in April and have some episodes for you soon in February. Before you know it. Yes. All right, y'all. We're going to stop teasing y'all, <laughs> and we hope you enjoy. Papa and I have been thinking a lot about getting feedback around our parenting and how we work together as a team. Do you have any feedback for us? You're screwing us up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say that even if you weren't. Oh. Yeah. But we are? <laughs> well. Stand up fussing and fighting. Hi, I'm your host, Nalika Radway, and this is Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents raising three children. Rebel in the morning, rebel in the evening, too. Today, we are joined by two Raising Rebels vets and a newbie. I would like to welcome back my partner in life, Hamaro Radway. Say hello, Hamaro. Hello, hello. And I'd all, we're also joined by a friend to the pod, Allegra White. Say hello to our people, Allegra. Hello. And our newbie in the room, Allegra's husband, father, lawyer, activist, know-it-all, Keith White. Say hello, Keith. <laughs> hello, what's happening? <laughs> awesome. Today we are talking about co-parenting. Co-parenting refers to parenting situations where adults share the duties of parenting a child. When people think about co-parent, they envision that there it's about two um, adults who don't live together or that are divorced that are raising a child together. But actually the configuration can look like a mother and father that are together, two mothers, two fathers. It's just basically any two groups of two people or a group of people who are working together to raise this these little people um, and grow them. So let's start by sharing how we're all feeling. So Hamaro, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling really open. 
Great. Mm -hmm. Keith, what about you? I'm feeling expectant. You're starting already. You just you're, you started already expectant. No. Like you're just feeling ex like like a baby, like you're gonna birth something, or like somebody. I mean, I, I you know. No, I don't. That, that's why I asked before we you know before we even started recording. As soon as yeah. we walked in the room, like we just kind of just started building. Absolutely, so I'm expecting something amazing to yeah. come from this conversation. Sounds mm -hmm. amazing, Allegra. Eager, eager, awesome. Yes. So we're gonna do another go around, and, and if everyone could just tell us a little bit about themselves. Hi, Meryl. I'm Meryl Radway. Malika's partner in life and lately I've really been present at home a lot. So I'm really feeling like, you know, I've w probably thought of myself a lot as like what I did in work. Mm -hmm. and lately I've been thinking of myself a lot as like what I do at home with mm. the girls and with you. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'm a dad. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Keith. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I want to be that reflective what do I do? Uh, my name is Keith White. I'm an attorney by trade um, and also uh, a husband, a uh, father and a student and and yeah, an activist in some sense. I, I'm I'm out here a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> Allegra. And a runner. You forgot that part. Oh, yeah. And a runner now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Yes. I'm Allegra White. I am Keith's wife. 16 years, 15 years. 16. And um, oh shoot, Hamel, they're sixteen too. <laughs> We're sixteen too. Really? really? Yes. 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 And um, a doula, a mom to five girls. Girls, very important. So um, they know all. Like the audience knows all about our children, and we learned a little bit about um, your children, Allegra and Keith's children, on our last episode. So we're gonna move into um, a question. I would like us to reflect on. And I don't know why I came up with it today, but I was like, oh, we don't really think about this. But or at least I don't usually think about this. But can you share with us what you think is the easiest part for you um, of parenting? Like what comes easiest to you or most natural? I think feeding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then I also think that's difficult. because when you <laughs> said are... that, to me, that is hard. Yeah. So I think that's pretty I, but impressive. But that's why I'm struggling because I feel like there are difficulty, challenges, I mm. should say, with feeding. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like, you know, something's happening at the zoo, but it, it <laughs> is like, it can be an intense time, but I think feeding them is, awesome. incorporates my, my passion for cooking. Mm -hmm. So I feel like. Awesome. Keith? Mm. Talking. I think that it's really easy for me to just like grab one of the kids and say, hey, what's going on? And talk to them or just kind of like just hang with them. Mm -hmm. I think that it's that's been that's been really easy, except for the teenager, Kennedy, the oldest. She's she's um sometimes she's a little bit resistant mm -hmm. to talking. Mm -hmm. But yeah, talking. Awesome. Hamero? Playing. Playing's like letting them be free and playing. <laughs> Nolika made a face like this is going to be the co-parenting. So we start here. Um, but yeah, letting them just like having them play and right. be a part of that play is part of the pleasure I find in having children. And so, yeah, letting them play is like really easy for me. We're gonna, yeah, we'll get into it. So, and I think that's amazing and so true. Um, I was, what? It is, it is, it is. Um, I was raised by a single mother, and although my dad was like always consistently a part of our lives, um, they definitely did not co parent. Like, I would not describe how they raised us as co parenting. And so, um, I thought it was really like something that's very different, I think, about the four of us in this room is that. We are definitely trying and attempting to co-parent our children, um, be vo both equally engaged and invested and doing the do like the doing of mm -hmm. parenting. And when I thought about it, um, something that came to my mind was this idea of being on a team or teamwork and how it functions or doesn't function um, and how it works. So I asked uh, part of how we start uh, Raising Rebels and our conversations are doing reflections and uh, recollections rather. And the recollections are reflections of our childhood and out of respect for our children and also to get in touch with our childhood selves to see um, just like what our motivations are. How did we get raised? Like how do we, how did our thoughts and how do we develop around this way of relating to each other? And so I asked you all to share a recollection 
of um, a time when you felt like you were part of a team. So who would like to start? I'm happy to start because this was really interesting thinking of this recollection for me because Mm -hmm. I spent so much time as a kid and as a young adult playing sports. So I played football and ran track through college and so and through high school. And so I thought, you know, the first time I must have been felt like part of a team must have been part of that experience. But it wasn't really the case. Mm. The first time I felt like I was part of a team was we were in the Bronx on Fordham Road, and it's me and my family. We're going shopping, and we've recently come to the United States. And so we're going shopping on Fordham Road, and Fordham Road's really busy, and people are, like, everywhere. It's kind of like the only main shopping area at the time in 1984, right? And so we're on this road, and my brother is two years old, and he would zip off the sidewalk and run into the middle of the street in Fordham Road. And there's cars everywhere. It's mayhem, right? My mother's in full panic after the first time he does it. But he's fast, and he, every once in a while, he just, like, gets loose, and he's just running towards traffic. And I remember my mother was, like, in a panic, and she's like, your job is to make sure he does not get hit by a car on the street today. And I was like, that was a big job. Right? I was, like, stressed out about it. And I remember, like, we spent a little more time walking to try to find a leash because we saw a kid with a leash on Fordham Road. So we went and got a leash to keep my brother on this leash. But between that time and even after that time, I really took on this responsibility of feeling like my job is to make sure my brother didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. And it became like a, a, a kind of, a, I don't know, a herringbone through our relationship of like, that was always the core of it. My job was to keep him protected. And so I was surprised in recollecting that my first time as a teammate really felt like being part of my family and having to hold down like my little brother mm-hmm. and that I had a responsibility in it. And it felt really good. It's one of those things like you remind me often that the responsibility that our kids feel is part of the pleasure of their life, right? Like Mm -hmm. they want responsibility. And in that, it was a lot, but it felt good. I Mm -hmm. felt like I had a role here. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Keith? So the first thing that I can think of is when I was um, in eighth grade, I was, um, I think I was 13 years old. I'm playing football for uh, Kings Bay Bay, uh, Football League in um, Sheepshead Bay. It's Pop Warner football. It's my first time getting into any type of organized sports. And it's my first introduction to the concept of team, like us needing one another. First time really understanding camaraderie. I've always tried to put myself at the center of leadership in in some shape or form. And so I tried out for quarterback. And I uh, won the starting position at quarterback and... In my first game, you know, I you know, I'm, I think that we're building team. And in my first game, I got sacked. I I must have gotten sacked at least nine times, right? <laughs> You're like just running all over the place. Yeah, I'm just like as soon as the as soon as I get the ball, I'm running because no one's blocking for me. Yeah. Right? I throw mm. three interceptions because as I'm running, I'm throwing mm. like here. Um, and it was one of the most humiliating experiences of my life, and. My father was there and he, you know, he tried to give me the pep talk or whatever. But it was like my first experience with team. And the reason why that's kind of like striking is because my first experience with team and having to trust people in a team setting um, resulted in that. Right. And as I think about how it's affected me moving forward in terms of having to trust other people, um, it's been it has had a really big impact on on my ability to operate in a team and trust people and um and that's my my recollection about team. Thank you, Keith. Yeah. Allegra. So I too started to think about this recollection um in terms of sports and I was like, "Oh, should I talk about track or swimming?" But then I was really struck by my group in high school. Mhm. And so I went to a junior high and high school that was predominantly Asian. And so the black kids were few. And so we all knew each other. And you could only get into the school in seventh grade. So whoever was in your class Mm -hmm. when you came in seventh grade, that was it. Mm -hmm. That was y'all for six years. Mm. And so, um, you know, there was just a group of us, a team for this exercise Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that 
you know, did everything together, lunch, moved together. And so when it came time to organize prom, we got together, talked about what we wanted, didn't want, how we wanted to look. We coordinated our outfits. And then it was time. I remember specifically it was time to figure out our ride. And so we all decided we wanted a stretch SUV. <laughs> right. So you were playing. <laughs> right. So we wanted the stretch SUV and me being the type A that I am was like, okay, I'm gonna do research. We're gonna figure out like where to get the best deal. You know, that's just my personality. So I designated myself as the person that was gonna do all the research and we go from there based on what I found. So I organized this trip for us to I found the SUV that sounded like the best deal and we wanted to see it, make sure it was legit, made sure it was, you know, had all the bells and whistles. And I found it somewhere in Brooklyn, like West Bubble. I don't remember exactly, but I remember it was like far away from my L train Mm -hmm. that would take me home. And so I um told everyone let's go there go there let's meet there around five o'clock that evening like whatever evening it was we're gonna figure out if this what it, this is what we wanted so we could arrange one to put in the down payment it was raining that evening and I got on all these trains from the Upper East Side to go to this um, limo place and I remember traveling with one friend and all of our other friends were gonna meet us there and we get there and no one else shows. And I remember being so pissed and annoyed. And um, I, at that time, called one of my friends on the payphone. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what is going Like, wait, you're home? You're answering your home where you're supposed to be coming to meet me? Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, I just didn't feel like it. <gasps> And I and Keith made a face because he knows. He knows. I was like, "What Type do you mean alley. you do not feel like it? Like mm-hmm. you think I want to be out here in the rain doing this? You know, I'm doing this for all of us. Mm-hmm. Like so, we could get the best deals. We got this ride mm-hmm. and be, you know, popping at prom. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, so I was really upset. We, you know, ended up leaving, but that stuck out to me because. That's something I really try to impress in our household. The idea that whether you want to or not, if we all agree to something or if this is beneficial to our community, we all have to be all in. Mm -hmm. We all have our roles and be reliable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Allegra. Popping at prom. I can't. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, It's so interesting because the idea of trust like keeps like came up from um, many of you whether it's like being trusted or trusting someone else and like how that dynamic feels um and how sometimes it feels good to be trusted and it really sucks when you trust someone and they don't meet you mm-hmm. um my memory that came to mind for me, like I, I've not been on an organized mm-hmm. sports team in my entire <laughs> <laughs> life. There was a um, week in track. You you ran track for a week. It was so. I mean, it was it, that was like you wanted like the boys. Like you had nothing to do with being part of any. Um, it was horrible, horrible. I was like the manager of bas- the basketball team. Went in high school for like a season. I think that's a responsibility. I mean, for sure, for sure. But this teamwork thing is like on a team. Did not do that. But what what came to mind for me was my family, and that we were definitely a team. And something um, that we used to do is go to the movies. And when a, like a big thing that our team kind of got together around doing was sneaking into another movie. Like we like we coordinated, we had that. a we had a game plan. When the movie was over, we like timed it. My mother would like say, "Okay, you're going to go." <laughs> and then you kind of like had to go, right? Mm-hmm. And like trust that your other team members were going to find their way into the right theater and like see where you were seated. And that was at the time where they would come in and like maybe ask like, "Where's your ticket?" So you kind of like you had to trust like we we're all going to be inconspicuous and we we're going to figure it out. And I could remember so many. I mean, that's a lot of trust. No, it was so many times of like, and, and my like go like go time like, and when you and you're walking <laughs> through the hallway and like don't make eye contact with anyone else, just like get to your theater. Um, <laughs> 
And I just remember feeling like, like that idea that we all had a role to play um, and we kind of just knew the play. Like we were just, we mm-hmm. just knew the play and we were going to like, we just kept doing it. And I can't even think of a time that we ever got caught, but that adrenaline feeling of going from one theater <laughs> to the other and that you couldn't look at your teammate. Like we, like part of it was like, we got to be cool. Like we had to seem like, this is it. Like, what are you talking about? We going to next, like, we're supposed to be there. So we just had to kind of know each other in a way. So that's kind of the memory that came to mind yeah. for me. Do you think your mother, was there a greater plan? Was there part <laughs> of, like, was this, like, part of the prep as a, as a, as a unit? I think was that. Was this training? Yeah, training. exactly. <laughs> was this training? I think that, I didn't, and I didn't think of it at the time, but I, she trusted us. Like she, she's, we were in it together. And um, I think like so much of parenting and I realize it now is like, it's not that I, I'm thinking, I'm not so intentional with everything. It's just a byproduct of how I'm going to be with my children. And so I think for my mother, I don't think she was like, yes, I'm going to teach them this and they're going to have each other. But something that was really, my mother always said to us, it, you guys are each other's people like in the way she said it, she, those are not the words she used but she'd always say you have to have each other You ha-, and like, she would say it all the time all that time um, but the doing of it looked a lot like sneaking into the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the other <laughs> I say, um, I've seen you travel with your family and now the moving <laughs> what, when it gets a little hot and the like pickpocket comes <laughs> close by makes a lot more sense you guys kind of move in this uniform like you're trying to, and you don't really need to talk that much to figure it out. Mm-hmm. The movie was a loss leader <laughs> for, for, for something else. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yes. I, I mean, I, I didn't know. Well, what, what, I mean, what lessons do you think that your parents taught you about being part of a team that then definitely translate in co-parenting? Because exactly when you say that, I definitely feel as though how we function in our household, there's a way in which sometimes we're in a, a groove of like, we don't have to talk, we know. And there's that like that trust and understanding. And then there's lots of other times <laughs> where that is not the case. Yeah. Um, and you feel it, right? Like you mm-hmm. feel it. And it's so good. Particularly it, when it's like hurried. When you don't have a lot of time, mm-hmm. it becomes really hard because all the communication has to be kind of in sync, right? You kind of have to really trust each other then, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like in sports, right? Yeah. You You get to this place and all of us, like you get to this place where you kind of like, you start to see and know what your teammates are going to do. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when you get hurried, you start to, I find that I don't trust, um, trust that I know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, I don't know that I can draw a lesson. I, I think my parents were great. They're amazing parents, mm-hmm. but um, their model for parenting is not a model that, um, that I think that that we aspire to, and I think it's just because we're different people. Mm-hmm. We have different. We have a different way. And I think mm-hmm. you know my my parents. My father was you know or my father is very you know man of the house type of type of deal. My mother accepted that that was his role. And when I say man of the house, meaning he did everything. Mm-hmm. He, he worked. He cooked. He cleaned. He did everything. Oh wow. Um, my mother had a job as well. But my mother was much more, much more into what we were doing in school and mm-hmm. trying to figure out who we were. Um, and I think that um, th- that's not a model that mm-hmm. Allegra and I follow. And I think that we've kind of are still creating our own. Mm-hmm. And our, um, or I can let me speak for myself. My um, how I understand teamwork and how I understand co-parenting. A lot of it is taught to me by Allegra, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. by things that, that I didn't necessarily subscribe to. But these are things that she expects from me in terms of being reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, like what? Uh, so, you know, one of the things is that the kids will try to play us against each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And so <laughs> they're uh, so smart. They, no, they're incredibly smart. Yeah. Right. All of them. Mm-hmm. And these these kids will, will, will <laughs> <laughs> they'll do something like um like Kennedy will will come up to me and she'll say, "Dad, can I wear this shirt?" And I'll say, "No." And she'll and she'll say, "But Dad, can I please wear this shirt?" And I'll and I'll not want to argue with her anymore. And so I'll just be like, "No, stop talking to me." <laughs> she'll keep the shirt on now. 
And then this is a shirt that she's borrowing from him. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. she'll keep the shirt on though. Yeah, uh-huh. and so I'll see her later on, and then she'll say, "I'll say, I told you you can wear my shirt," <laughs> and she'll say. But you saw me with it on. <laughs> she's, oh, that's good. She's good. It's, oh, she's good. She's, she's good. good. That's a good yeah, one. But you saw me with it on all day. You didn't say anything. Who does that? Our oldest does that. <laughs> and I'm I like, think the oldest. They, they're, they're, you're right. They're right. They're, they're onto they, something, yeah. right? They, yeah, like yeah, they're on another like, like it's yeah. sympathetic resonance or something, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. So, and then Allegra will come in and she'll be like, it's not a big deal. And and so, and but that's before I have a chance to to speak to her. Yeah. So now it's it's me versus Allegra, and Kennedy is going to p- swing the pendulum depending on who mm-hmm, serves her interests. Mm-hmm. And I think that in those moments, we don't do a really good job mm-hmm. of co-parenting because mm-hmm. we send different signals. Mm-hmm. Well, she sets us up because she, she <laughs> what she does is she tells me she she um colors it before we've had a chance to talk so she colors in a way like he's being really unreasonable Mm -hmm. like dad flipped on me I just wanted to wear his shirt and he said that I could wear it like she she makes this whole thing it reminded me of him and I really miss him sometimes I just was really sad and you know I really just wanted to his shirts look so good on me and he he said that like I could go and get Mm -hmm. whatever you know like Mm -hmm. it's or she'll say he said I could wear it And what will happen is I'll say, I didn't, I said you couldn't wear it. And she'll say, remember last month when you let me wear it? (laughs) You said I could wear it, you know, and that type of thing. I mean, you, what you're speaking to happens in our household (laughs) often. Do you guys have any feedback for for Papa and I about how we parent together? So, like, how do we work together? I wouldn't say it's like you work on the same project, but you're never in the same room, like, talking to yeah, you're never about what we did wrong. You're, you're always, you're, like, yeah. you're very rarely parenting at the same time. You're parenting hands. at the same thing, but at different times. Like, one of you will get up and then go parent and then... One of you will sit down, mm-hmm. and then when there's another need for parenting, it's like the other one gets up. And if you're like getting up at the same time, all parenting. Do you feel like we're on the same page? <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be as fun. Tell me more. That wouldn't be as fun. True. The question reminds me of like sometimes we'll do tactical things, you know? I'll do tactical things, you know? Like you work it out in your brain, like, so I ask this person right now. Cause like I say this a lot and every time just like when do you ask each person and it usually depends on your mood okay tell me more so if dad's like in a I love children's I love my life I'm gonna give them everything they never ha- they don't have already <laughs> then I ask th- then I d- ask him how often is he not in that mood I feel like that's his <laughs> mood all the time sometimes he's not in that mood oh, okay if it's like a it's like a work say I don't know okay so you'll ask him and then mm-hmm. and if you're in a good mood mm-hmm. you're just like had a good day at work not much happened so I'm in a good mood and you're just like I have energy to provide for my children and actually think about what they desire from me right now mm-hmm. oh then 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 we ask you okay I got gotta, it there are times for these things can you and think of sometimes it- I'll just I think this conversation really makes you think about how much we're manipulating each other every day. Manipulativing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Manipulativing every day and like how everything we do is a way to get the other person to listen to us, do what we want, mm-hmm. or give us feedback. Got it. It's interesting how trying to be um, in community with your children sometimes puts you at odds with being in community with your partner. Mm -hmm. Because I think what happens often with Hamara and I is that I'll be holding them accountable for something in the way that feels good to me. You know, or the way that I think works, like, we're turn off the TV here, or you gotta, like, before you go outside, you gotta do A, B, C, or D. And for him, I think, I don't know what's happening, but it seems like you'll look and say, well, give them space. Like, I want to be in community with them. Because Homero likes to play with them. Exactly. <laughs> and he also, I think, this hyper empathy. Like, yeah. I am being too hard on them mm-hmm. or I'm reprimanding them too much mm-hmm. or I'm holding them too much. And so he wants to, like, come to their rescue or, like, make space for them. And I feel like 
whose team are you on? You're on. And I said, I'll say, I'll say, I'm like, wait, wait, what? Because I'm like, in, in when I, like I'm in a zone. Like, right. I'm hold, and it takes a lot of energy to hold your children accountable. Because yeah. mm-hmm. they're so amazing and they're so... That our little one, Lord have mercy, she is so charming. It's like it's it's pain. It is. It takes you got to really like be ready. And so when I get there, I'm, I'm putting all on the, all on, the, on with like all these sports analogies. I'm putting it all on the field. Like I'm here, and here you go. Like <laughs> like. I think it comes back to what you were saying though. When like what I learned from my parents in co-parenting is they didn't co-parent mm-hmm. at all, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of. I got to always play that which side is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was just like, he was just not around enough that he could ever be hard, right? So he came around. He's like, this better be Christmas or else this kid's <laughs> not going to want to see me again for a year. Mm-hmm. And my mother was always trying to hold the line and I had to hold the line. And so it just came with a lot of responsibility. I felt like I missed a lot of childhood in holding the line. Mm-hmm. And so in being able to see these kids be so responsible it seems like they have just so much room to have, like, to be free, right? Play. To play. Mm-hmm. But that's and also triggering a, a, an impulse to let them play. Mm-hmm. Because you don't yes. want them to, you, yeah, you don't want to project something that you felt on them. So true. And so the other, true. Yeah, I think what you're speaking to around, like, if you have this memory of, or this thought of the only way that, my father like my father could be with me is around like it had to be light and fun and here i am making it very not light it's not fun <laughs> like we're like <laughs> if nothing fun is ha- actually i do not want you to have fun right now <laughs> like i'm like actually you are smiling too much there's too much we'll be driving somewhere and they're all like, ah! like no like just there's talking time out there's no like i want to see you serious <laughs> in this moment and I was like, what is, why? There's that's like, Allegra. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on Sorry. that note that. <laughs> what, Allegra so, nodded her head like, so, you wait, Keith. So we're kind of. <laughs> no, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for my turn at the mic. I'm just waiting for my turn. So what, so let, so what roles do you play? So what roles, like, so, what role uh, do you feel like you play? That is the perfect question and actually it 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 goes with the last question with the you know reflecting on my own parents I too like I didn't see a good example of co-parenting and um as an adult I've had to be very reflective about how I thought about my my parents then and what makes sense now with with a new Mm -hmm. perspective Mm -hmm. and so growing up you know, my parents weren't really together and, um, I, you know, dad was the fun dad. He took me out and, you know, did everything and bought stuff, you know, but then he wasn't really there. And there was a lot of resentment that I felt towards my mom because she was the one working and providing and, and she wasn't really fun, you know, and she had her own issues and, you know, with my dad and things that she was dealing with that I can see now and look back and go, you know, like, wow, I didn't even consider that. I just was like, why is she making things so hard for my dad? Mm -hmm. As a kid, I'm just like, man, she's like such a pain, like being like Mm -hmm. so hard on my dad. Mm -hmm. You know, as a kid, you don't see, you, you, you don't, you can't see the other side of it. And, and now as an adult, it's something that I am, constantly stressing to Keith like I don't like playing the villain I don't either I'm sorry (laughs) I don't like it either you do it so well (laughs) (laughs) but I don't like to play the villain you know it's and I need the kids to see that we are together on this Mm -hmm. because and that's important it's triggering for me because when I was growing up, I didn't, I, I wasn't given the opportunity to see that there was this other like human side of my mother and all the things that she was dealing with and going through. And my father wasn't supporting her the way that he should have. Mm-hmm. And so I'm often saying to Keith, like, I need your support because I don't like playing the bad guy. It's tiring. And I don't want to be the one to have to like rain down or, you know, um, 
party pooper. Be enforcing yeah, I don't the enforcer yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, it's it's exhausting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I want them to be able to see that, you know, we're we're working together on this. It's not just mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. you know? Keith, what role do you think you play? I think I play somewhat of an anchor in the house, meaning regardless of what's happening, I try to remain the same. And in the sense that if things are incredibly stressful, if things are incredibly not fun, what, whatever's happening, mm-hmm. I try to remain an anchor. I don't do a good job of that, mm-hmm. but I know <laughs> that that's what I try to do. And when I, why, the reason why I think that's important to say is because regardless of what's happening, I always try to make sure that their experience mm-hmm. doesn't really doesn't really change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what do you can you can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Like when you say um, you try to remain the anchor, so regardless of what's happening, like what's happening for you in your own life, what's right? Happening. Like whatever's happening with bills, whatever's mm-hmm. happening with expenses, mm-hmm. whatever's happening. If me and mom are arguing, mm-hmm. we're not getting along. I'm on mm-hmm. the couch, right? Like <laughs> stuff like that. Right? <laughs> like um, whatever is happening, uh-huh. right? Um, th- um, when the kids come to me about something, mm-hmm. it's still you know, it's still the same response or the same type of response mm-hmm. as if everything was okay. That's so interesting because yeah. one of the things that I was thinking about um, in wanting to have this conversation about co-parenting is this idea of like what we allow our children to see mm-hmm. and how we think we have control over it, but actually they see everything. everything. Um, and so like Hamara and I, we kind of live our life very like out loud in front of them. Sometimes like, completely forgetting not forgetting but like they're part of the fabric of the mm-hmm. household so they've seen us argue they've seen us cry together they've seen us like have mo- like all the all the moments that you can have um Blue likes to talk about us having sex yeah <laughs> she's like they're having sex they can't answer the phone it's ridiculous ridiculous <laughs> Oh, the chil- Oh my God, the children! The ch- another another episode. Another episode. Telling and, uh, grandma. Telling grandma. Grandma calls. Like I think they're in the room having sex right now. So anyway, they have the full <laughs> range of like what our relationship is, and I think it's so powerful to like see like to t- like so they have examples of what it looks like to co-parent. And, and another thing that I think is so important to me is that they don't have a like unrealistic expectations of what it is to be in a marriage or unrealistic expectation of what it means to be in a partnership with someone else. Um, to, but to the point where I do think those what happens sometimes is the fear and anxiety that comes with, well, are you guys going to get divorced? Like, how big is this fight? You know, like mm-hmm. how, like they'll come to us, Moxie, our middle has come and sometimes like, so... You know, like, I know it's a little, like, rocky right now or pop. Usually it's like she'll talk to him around, give him some, like, counseling. She, she gives me advice. She's mm-hmm. serious about it. She's like, she'll come to me and be like, I think you need to write a poem or get some flowers <laughs> or, like, just get your game up. You know what I mean? She's like, and it's, and usually she's hearing me. She's like, she's like, look at Mike, you're not on your game right now. <laughs> and I appreciate it. But I think it, it is part of us like being out loud. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any examples. And so I think for me, I really wanted my kids to not like, not like feel like it has to look like something that's not at home. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if they just like start imagining what a marriage or a partnership looks like and start creating something without realizing that it's like it's uniquely yours it's uniquely created by the fabric of you two people and i think like you get into this place where i've seen people i know that struggle with this idea of like i wanted to look a certain way even with us like mm-hmm. at times it like you know part of getting married young right you like mm-hmm. think you mm-hmm. it's supposed to look a certain way mm-hmm. those 16 years are i mean the growth is yeah, amazing it's, it's yeah. incredible it's been amazing it's I agree. incredible i mean yeah. the difference between blue the oldest and Glory, the youngest, is so, I mean, it's huge. I remember being in third grade and a teacher asking, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a mother. Um, Like, it was in my mind that this was a role that I was going to play. And then when we had, and then I started to, like, resent it because it doesn't feel good (laughs) to be, I don't like that. I don't want to cook every day. I don't want to be holding accountable every day. What, like... I want us to be in it together. I want a partnership. And then when we had, by the time we had Glory, Hamara was much more present in the house where he was taking her to school and he's just like, like, right, like he wasn't working in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so 
she's also a different person because she really, I think, got co-parented in a way that the other two did not get co-parented. I mean, it would take me two hours to go to school with Glory. We'd start at like 7 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) We'd get to school like 9.30. It would take two hours, but it was amazing because we just spent the whole, but she had so much space, right? right? She's just like, She's like, throw a fit. I can't go right now. I need to read one more book, whatever it was. And, um, but I needed to find the space to give her that. I would never let that. And I, that was not going to be happening with me. <laughs> I was looking at your <laughs> yeah, face when yeah. you said that. Like, mm. <laughs> no, I, I Sometimes she even make it to school. <laughs> no, to, the, to today, getting Gloria to go to school is a problem. That never got, like, we never <laughs> so resolved. We no, never, never resolved that. Yeah. No, it never resolved. But, but it also, she expects to get what she wants in a way that I never did. Like, I never expected people to hear me. I just think, it, I always say, um, like, Hamara will do anything for those girls. Like, literally, Blue will be at school. I'm like, I left my favorite um, T-shirt that I'm supposed to wear this afternoon. I mean, she'll, she'll, like, she'll say, she'll, like, I'm at school, and I got my period, and I left my, like, I need help. And Hamara will, like, all right, I'm on my way. And come and bring her what she needs at school. Never, I wouldn't have called my mother. I wouldn't have called, like, I couldn't have thought of anybody that would have been that responsive to my needs in that way. And all of those girls have that expectation and have that expectation from a man that loves them. And so I value it so much. I value and, it too. I mean, I feel that is a honored big, to be in that position. That's a big combat to oppression. Oh. And I think yeah. that, like, the fact that, the fact that in our generation, these are not things that we could have expected. Mm-hmm. It was actually out, probably outlandish yes. to think that you could call Absurd. your parent <laughs> right mm-hmm. for something as opposed to some of our counterparts mm-hmm. in privileged spaces, mm-hmm. right, where it was normalized. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one, one that that's. That's a step of of advancement in Absolutely. my mind. Absolutely, I think. Absolutely, yeah. but how I. Mm-hmm. Because of all of my shit, right? Allow for it mm-hmm. and not feel betrayed, not feel like in isolation, not feeling like it's hit, like it's it's dad or mom, you know, like it's either or. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it's gonna look different than the way that I would do it. How did you guys learn to trust each other, or like how does trust work in your marriage or in your partnership? Well, I think he said something hit the nail on the head before like we're still learning yes like it is still (laughs) you know and i think part of that is because every kid we have five is different Mm -hmm. and so what that looks like for every kid is going to be different and like you said how we parent each of them is different Mm -hmm. i mean i mean i think and i think um i think going back to my earlier point about being an anchor it is not so much about kind of like being like this big thing that the family is centered around as much as it's about um being being free and i think that from as early as i can remember i've always wanted to be free i've always been afraid of having being forced to do anything mm. and and i think that it beca- it was because i remember my dad having to work he worked 41 years for con edison he mm. had to work mm-hmm. right that was his lot right my mom I would go I would go to her office. She was a clerk for the city, I mean for the state of New York. And I would go to her office and I would literally be sick. Like I would be like I can't sit in this office. Like and I rem- and I rem- and I know that um one of the things that we're trying to scaffold as much as we can for our children is a path towards freedom. Mm-hmm. And being free is not necessarily being rich, wealthy mm-hmm, or anything mm-hmm. like that as much as it's about Controlling your own narrative, like like cre- having your own paradigm that you exist in, and being able to move freely within that space. Mm-hmm. Well said. And and doing that right. So that's what I mean by no matter what's happening, right? Always trying to still be dead. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, I don't. Mm-hmm. I fail at it often, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of times where there's like the storm is like going crazy in the in my world, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And the kids will never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they know. Yeah, you know, they know. But 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 the idea is not to necessarily hide the world from them, mm-hmm. but the idea is to give them a glimpse into what freedom looks like. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'm relatively free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not that I think they. 
I think it's powerful. They know that that the world can be crazy right. and we're still solid. Mm-hmm. Right. And that lesson is huge. Right. And like when the kids come to us, if we're having tension or they're feeling it, first of all, they like there's a motivation to figure that shit out. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like right. you two need to figure your stuff out right. because like we gotta we gotta do this thing, this family thing. Um and our their whole world revolves on our dynamic, which right. is also mm-hmm. interesting. Um but to know that we're solid even in the midst of all of what is going on in the larger world, I think is huge. It's and so I, one of the things that we try to uh, we try to counterbalance, and I, and this is where you know obviously we want your guidance on this, but should we be saying or should we be balancing our commitment to our children versus our commitment to one another, or how do we kind of like have it so that we're all Kind of like an, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I, I want to say homeostasis, but mm-hmm. like, you know, but really like, where, how do we get to a space where I, I, there's, there's, there's no competing interests in the household between mm-hmm. the kids um, and the parents? I have, I have a lot of thoughts on this and we, we think about it a lot too. Hamara said, um, we go to, um, we have an amazing uh, marriage counselor mm-hmm. and uh, often the conversation that we're talking about is like co-parenting and how triggering it is for us those are like those are places uh, well i will say for me mm-hmm. um those are places of tension and places where i don't feel trusted you know like places where um i feel like it's my sh- like it's i feel good about that <laughs> you know yeah. I'm like i feel like that's what i do i right. parent kids <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm making them free and then and i agree with that i think so much of what I have relied on and continue to rely on is you're a kid whisperer, right? Like you understand childhood development. You are an expert in this field. And so. But it's hard for me to take the feedback. Mm. Like it's hard for me to get like, because it's so um, it's, there's a way in which I have to filter out um, all of the way that you as my partner have been socialized around hyper masculinity and like all your thoughts around what it means to be a mother, all of your, you know, child rearing, all of that. And so when you give me the feedback, sometimes it can be, I, I feel like I get my back up, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes we have this saying in our house, I'm like, so this is a red shirt day. Like I have like uh, more football analogies. I'm yeah. like, I, I have a red, this is a red shirt day. Please give me my space, and because I know, like, I don't have the capacity to get that feedback and not want to like lose it, or or it, it it I don't know it makes me feel a way that we're in opposition to each other, mm-hmm. and so I think that's hard, and I also feel like I'm going to tell a story. So and um, Hamel, you're with me. So I um I got my first tattoo when I was uh what 39 39 years old so i don't have i didn't have any tattoos but at 39 i've been having like a lot of awakening and i got <laughs> i went i got a tattoo and it's it's all it's like large it's on the whole side of my back and i came home and i didn't tell him that i was getting this tattoo we met for i went and got my tattoo and then we met for dinner and i was like he's like well, where are you coming from and i was like oh i got a tattoo he's like what <laughs> i was like yeah I t- you want to see it and i pulled out my shirt and he was like Oh, oh, okay. So then I go home. <laughs> the kids like, oh my, you got a tattoo? Wow, they they're, they love it. I'm talking about whatever. So about a year later, a year and a half later, like, oh, I'm gonna get another tattoo. I'm ready to get another tattoo. So I go and I say to Hamaro, we're like leaving to go somewhere. And I'm like, I'm gonna. I have my consultation with the tattoo artist. Where you go in and like you tell them what you want, and then you come back. And Hamaro looked at me and was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, I ha- you don't have to come. Do you want to come? You can come. I'm going. He says. What, what do you think about that? I was like, what, what, what I think about what? <laughs> and, and he says, what do you think about, what do you think the girls are going to think about you getting another tattoo? And I looked at him like, what, 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 what did my face say? Like you were going to spit a razor out of your mouth. Right. <laughs> I was like, are we in the yard right now? <laughs> and I just, and I, but I wasn't, ex- I mean, a part, I, I guess part of me knew that you would have feelings about it because I wasn't like forthcoming. And also was disappointed, like around all of the misogyny that I felt was grounded mm-hmm. in that process mm-hmm. of thinking about what I do with my body and who and gets I think to that's say, fair. yeah, for sure. Um, but in the moment, right, like in the moment, it's like heated. We're like mm-hmm. in that space, and I we could have had it out, like I could have lost it. Um, he could have doubled. So many things could have happened, but we were at a space, I think, in our relationship where it's like we're gonna take some time, like. 
I'm gonna go because I have my appointment. You can come or you can't, and we'll we'll talk about this when I feel like I want to talk to you about this. He's like, why can't we talk about this? Like, no, I I'm, I do not want to engage with you about this right now. And so later on, I went to the appointment, came out, and we had. A, I went. I, I went to the appointment. He went to the appointment. Bumped with the Lucy on the corner, <laughs> LES. Stress smoked while I waited. <laughs> But we then had a really good conversation. But that was big of you that you even went to the appointment, yeah. even in the midst of being, you know, it took like, a, it was it, it was a, a lot. It was a lot. I, I trusted in just being there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. like just being there. Mm-hmm. And we had a really, I think we had a really positive, powerful conversation afterwards. And since, you know, like continue. And to what what made me think about it when you told your story and asked that question is I do believe that. We can't ex- we can't think we exist outside of all of the oppressions, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can't think we live outside of the misogyny. We can't think we live outside of the sexism, classism, right. um, all of those things that play a part. Like I'm not going to make as much income as Hamal makes because we live in a sexist society, right? right? Like that's just a reality, and that will you know cloud or impact our dynamic together. And that's just one thing, and there's so many. So I do think that. Uh, back when I was like, I think very young, very young, maybe like a teenager, this dude said to me once, he was like, I think the role of a father is to love their child's mother. That's the most powerful thing they can do in their parenting. And I, and I was young and I was, I remember it like just resonated with me. And, he was and, spitting game, huh? I, <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was gone for it. Yeah. <laughs> You love you. No, you're the one. <laughs> well said. It stayed with me to today, so I get it for sure. And I remember. I mean, it resonated. I was like, yes, because when it, with speaking, like when you like when you talk about your dynamic between your two parents, that so is the di- was the dynamic between my parents, right? Like as a young person thinking, my mom is like out of like over the top. Like, why are you so? upset all the time why are you so and now my mother I'm like because you're doing it all by yourself because you're tired because you're stressed because of all these things and so that idea of even if they're not together that you could love her then she could love us then she doesn't have to be so because we I, we needed angry, her stress, no, angry, angry right. stress. She, we needed her mm-hmm. and so I do think that um another wise person said to me like that like God is not chaos and that idea of like things shouldn't be competing like what like when things are going the way they're supposed to go it will smooth and work together and so that idea that being holding your child down is at odds with like holding your partner down that can't be like something's wrong like there's something in the matrix that you we, you are messed like is not figured out so that's how that has to work and I think if you like in those kind of like what are the cheat sheet cliff notes I would say to go to each other mm-hmm. because you know you share this love for this child. I do not question never one minute ever never how much Hamara loves our kids. Same here. You I know, agree. like I never question for one minute second ever like he is going to do everything in his power to make sure that. And I know he feels that way to me when Blue, our first, was I had her for our first baby. Week goes by, and I was like, "So I'm going to Brooklyn." I'm still learning. We live in the Bronx at the time. I'm still learning how to nurse. And he's like, let me grab one of those bottles and I'm taking her and I'm going. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and he took her, right? He was like, he yeah. took her. And I think at that, even at that beginning stages of our like marriage and our family, I trusted that. I don't know if you know what the hell you're doing. Cause I know, I don't know yet. I'm still figuring out this right. one week old, but I know you're going to like do everything, Choose you know? Her, yeah. yeah. I know you're going to hold her. And that has continued. So I think as long as we can remember that to hold each other down. I mean, it makes me think of that tattoo moment, right? Because in that moment, trusting that one, that I didn't have to do anything, which is a hard thing, I think, for me as a man to do. And I think part of misogyny is like you show up with an action plan, right? Like you can do something. And so that there was nothing to do other than be in support. And then also to hear and understand for the first time, I think, in my life, the idea of how much women are being told what to do with their bodies Preach. is probably <laughs> the first time that really resonated with me. And so that was powerful raising three girls to understand that like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm part of how that is thought as well. And so 
Yeah. And choosing you, I got to kind of learn like, oh, how do I how do I think differently about my own That's maleness? You know what I mean? Because one of the arguments that we often have is she's like, should I wear this? What should I wear? And I'm always like, I don't care what you wear. He doesn't want any piece of it. And I'm I like, I just want your opinion, bro. Like, this meanwhile, have to be. she's always telling me what not to wear. Okay. <laughs> that, that, yeah, we need to iron that. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense. But I, but, but I think um, like that doesn't make any sense. She's always funny. she's you know she's uh, like was always stressing to me that same point. Like, love me how you want your daughters to understand love. Absolutely. And um. It's something that she's had to to reinforce in me, you know, because I've been hard headed and I've been um, super misogynistic, super toxic male, masculine dude, like all day. And um, what is so powerful in the example that you give with the tattoo is that, um, you know, love is not about what you do to a person. Love is about what you allow a person to to express mm-hmm. in themselves and mm-hmm. i think that um loving someone is not saying i i love you so now you have to do this or you have to do the things that make me happy that's a self love mm-hmm. right but a, a love is actually observing when you love something you don't mess with it mm-hmm. when you love a flower mm-hmm. so you know right? when you love a flower you mm-hmm. don't pick it up mm-hmm. because you know it'll die mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i think that um our our concepts of love have been oppressive but that's important in our growth Mm -hmm. right is Mm -hmm. to appreciate our differences Mm -hmm. and to fine-tune our perspectives absolutely because if we fine-tune our perspectives and we're able to come at it from a different angle and a different lens then we're able to understand each other Mm -hmm. understand each other and be freer and 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 the communication is better the Mm -hmm. the the way we work together is Mm -hmm. more fluid Mm -hmm. you know i think that um if I could say three things um, from this conversation and just in our growth as parents and things that I'm still learning Mm -hmm. is just appreciating our differences Mm -hmm. that um, we're going to approach things from, you know, our past and, and just based on our personalities differently, but we can still, you know, come together and, 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 and make something work, Mm -hmm. even if we're coming at it from different angles, finding balance in what we do and how we approach things. And um, there was one more, but now I'm drawing a blank, so. It'll come back but to you. But it'll come back to me. And you guys can but, come back. Yeah. And you gotta come back. You gotta come well, back to Raising Rebels. I wanna just say, I learned so much, and I knew I was, like, you, when you use that term in the beginning, Keith, you're like, I'm expected. I, I knew something powerful was gonna happen in this room, and I feel so grateful that we get to be, like, parent friends together, <laughs> and our kids get to grow together, because... It we do need the community of it. We need to be so having true. more conversations true. around how we're doing this thing of parenting these children because it is really hard and challenging. Um, so I want to thank you all for coming and sharing and being vulnerable and thank honest. You. Thanks for having um, us. And being in process out loud, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I think we don't give ourselves enough, like that we get to be in process out loud um, because so many people are going to get to learn and hopefully be in process out loud themselves. Mm. So thank you. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you the best of luck along your parenting journey. Let's remember how important it is that we are living our truth out loud and so that we can be in community with other parents in doing this really, really amazingly hard but also rewarding work of raising our children. This podcast was produced by Domino Sound. You can hear what I say, let you be loved. See 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.